Good morning, everybody. Good Friday to you all. And you know who it is. It's your man, Uncle Dub. Episode 68 of the Sports Working Podcast is happening right now. <laughs> um, I hope everyone's having a good, had a good week. Um, this is going to be a terribly long episode. Not a whole lot going on. Um, a few things. Um, the NFL draft was last night. We'll start there. So as expected, uh, Trevor Lawrence goes first to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, kind of as an interesting note, I mean, I know many of you watched it. I kind of don't like watching the NFL draft anymore. <laughs> I mean, even watching the draft is a chore. I mean, I think if you saw my tweets, I was basically like, look, it should not take any team 15 minutes to figure out who they want. You know who you want. I mean, you had literally the last two months plus to figure out who you want. I mean, every talking head in the on the planet has talked about who you should take. Every talking head on the planet has talked about, well, this person's gonna make a great pro. I mean, again, you think and you believe they're all gonna make good pros in some way, but let's think about how drafts work. Drafts work in that typically the guys who go top ten or first round are guys that people are gonna go, they're gonna be stars, and they will be, but you just don't know their career project their career trajectory um the guys who go later typically are the guys that people like well i don't know i mean they may have fallen far down and their draft stock dropped and maybe they might not make it and either the guys in the in the the first round many of them will go on to have great careers some of them might fall off due to whatever thing may happen sometimes injury happens sometimes life happens um the guys in later rounds typically are guys who people overlook end up having these fantastic careers. I mean, put it, if they're put in the right situation or they just carve it out, you know, it's just, you know, we, we have these, these, these thoughts about what everyone's going to do. And, and, and also the thing I have to consider is, you know, everyone wants the best for their team. And again, I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, you know, there are variables that we have no idea are going to affect how this player will perform for their team. Um, and now that once the draft ends, because I think the second round starts because it's what seven rounds, which again, again, and, and I'm sure that some of you who watch all seven rounds again, Hey, more power to you. I got better things to do with my day and my time. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, we'll, hear about it because once this is over what's going to happen you're going to go to ESPN or uh, your favorite you know uh, was it Bleacher Report wherever wherever you get your sports news and they're going to do a full oh here's this team here are the teams that did the best here are the teams that did the worst you know and they're going to grade everybody's stuff again it's a grade but yet people are going to feel some kind of way but then once you actually see the product on the field, then you're either going to feel like, hey, my thoughts were justified or yet yeah, I was right. Everyone was right. This team doesn't know how to draft. And of course, you know, there were surprises. There were teams sitting there going, oh, I don't believe we drafted that guy. It happens. I mean, you know, you won't know what's going to happen until it happens on the field. But what are we going to get? We're going to get another what? So now this is April. Once things over, we're going to get another two months or so of analysis of well this guy he has these skills and this is how he's going to fit into this offense or this defense or oh yeah he'd be 
miss me with that because it's it's I mean outside of the fact that there are you know it's, we're gonna hit that dead spot in sports real soon I mean no disrespect to all the baseball fans I mean I'm trying I need to catch a few games here and there to see who's doing what because I kind of did a quick look at uh, MLB I'll talk about that in a moment I mean just to see who's doing what I mean you know who's hot right now who's not but that's what we're gonna get until you know. Uh, NFL starts again until college football starts. It's just going to be, you know, this constant talk about, okay, who's going to do what in on in the NFL. We got spring football right now. When spring football ends uh, on the college side, then it's going to be, oh, well, who's going to do what in college football? So it's going to be, you know, all that until July, August, when things start to ramp up and then you actually start to see all the teams and the talent come together and then you see people play and you hear the reports and then you start to think okay you know does my team have a chance this year I mean again you don't know until they play the game that's how it all works but I think all of these things are true with any draft I mean when I went over the WNBA draft a few shows ago um I mean I think, you know, the, the, as I said, I think the following show, the so-called experts got it kind of right. <laughs> I mean, there were definitely some, 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 some surprises and some players who moved up that I thought, why is this player in the second round? That doesn't make sense to me, but nevertheless, um, everyone's eye is different. Everyone evaluates talent differently. I mean, obviously the teams evaluate talent much differently than the talking heads. And that's why they get paid the money they get paid to, make their teams better but the overarching idea here is that's just it you know you've got you know the teams who aren't so great they're trying to you know push up the teams that are kind of in the middle they're trying to get that piece to kind of get them to that next level and the teams that are already great they're just trying to maintain and that's how it how we how we know how it all works and so now the question is once all the pieces come together is this what we're going to get? Are the, are the great teams going to stay great? Um, are the teams that just need that one piece to get them over the edge, will they, you know, push into that elite level, get to the playoffs, maybe contend for a Super Bowl? You know, we'll see. You know, it's it's all part of, you know, why we play a season of a particular sport, NFL, NBA, what have you. Um, so as I mentioned, Trevor Lawrence went first. Um, so the, the draft order is pretty intact from um, from the predictions. So, so here we go with the expert predictions again. So the only difference is here. Let's see. Uh, San Francisco at the third pick went with Trey Lance, who was projected ninth. Mac Jones went 15th. Um, Kyle Pitts fourth to Atlanta. I'm sorry. I forgot Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson second to the Jets. Um, quarterback from BYU, um, as I mentioned, Trey Lance, San Diego State quarterback, went uh, third San Francisco. Kyle Pitts, the uh, tight end from Florida, went fourth to Atlanta. Jamar Chase reunites with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, uh, LSU wide receiver. Um, now, Devonta Smith was projected sixth to Miami. He went tenth to um, Philadelphia. Yeah, so they uh, got that in a trade. Um, so... Instead, what happened, Miami went with Jalen Waddle. So it's like, okay, so um, uh, uh, Alabama quarterback could have gone <laughs> either way. And they went with Jalen Waddle. Devonta Smith went to Philadelphia. So, I mean, I saw that pick. I was like, whoa, now that's now that's, that's a damn good pick. Okay, now out of all the picks, 
I was very pleased with that one because I know the Philly fans were really on edge about that pick, and that was really a good pick. Um, so let's see, Panay Sewell went to Detroit, offensive tackle from Oregon. Um, at the eighth spot was J.C. Horn from South Carolina, so he stays and goes to the Panthers. Uh, projected there was Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia Tech. He went 22nd. Uh, ninth uh, was Patrick Sertain, the second. He goes to Denver. And then in 10th position, as I mentioned, was uh, uh, Devonta Smith from Alabama, the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, so other NFL news, um, Antonio Brown resigns with Tampa Bay. So he gets a one million, uh, I'm sorry, one year deal worth roughly about six and a quarter million. Um, so he gets 3.1 million guaranteed and a $2 million signing bonus. Um, I mean, Hey, if, if, as I said, the teams that want to stay at the top, do things to keep them at the top. So you sign AB. I mean, people were all, oh, no, about this one. You know, as far as, you know, kind of the problems he had, I'm kind of going, look, sure, the man's had problems, but, and, yeah, <laughs> I'll just leave it there. But you can't deny what he's done on the field. I mean, I know, I know. Um, isn't that sport to some extent? You know, have we seen that a lot in – some sports, I mean, I know, I know the NFL definitively, but in many sports we've seen that where you get a guy who's, you know, not doing a lot of the right things and gets into trouble, and sometimes the trouble is, you know, not bad trouble, and you got guys that do some stuff that's just really horrible. And from that, um, they end up getting a second chance. Um but anyway, um, that's that's kind of for another day, another show. But uh, nevertheless, um, Tampa Bay is um, trying to stay in the championship winning business. Um, there are reports circulating that Aaron Rodgers is not happy in, in Green Bay. Um, management is trying to reassure everyone that that is not true. Um, Going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I heard he was a really good Jeopardy uh, host, so I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure he still wants to play. I don't think he's going to retire, but um, I'm interested to see, you know, how the NFL is going to. I'm sorry, not the NFL. Damn, how I'm still my my brain is still in 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 draft mode here. Um, the GM of the of the Packers is basically saying that you know we're committed to him. He's not going anywhere. Um, I guess there's just been some issues and they're trying to work with them. So I'm, I don't really know the, all the meat of the issues, but, um, I love when the tabs start playing automatically. I really hate that. Um, so anyway, they're working through the issues. So, I mean, hopefully Aaron Rodgers will stay in a green Bay uniform because call me crazy. I don't know if I can see him anywhere else, but if he does go anywhere else, where would you like to see him go? <laughs> so I'll throw that question out to you. Um, but it, I don't know. To me, it'd be weird, but that's just me. Um, Major League Baseball. So kind of a, a quick blurb on Major League Baseball. So about 25, 26 games in. And I only got two points for Major League Baseball. Number one, the National League East looks terrible. 
um, right now. Uh, last time I checked the standings, and it should be fairly consistent. The Mets are at 500, and everyone else is below that. The rest of the divisions in baseball look fairly competitive. So um, I think the NL West looked really interesting. But again, like I said, we got, what, 138 games to go. So, I mean, this thing ain't really going to get interesting until July. So after the All-Star break, that's when it's really going to get in, kick in the full gear. So all the teams who are terrible now, either, you know, in the next month or maybe the next was next maybe by mid-may pushing into june maybe some of these teams that aren't doing so well they're floundering a little bit they will start to pick it up a little bit they'll maybe hit their stride maybe around after the all-star break and then push towards the playoffs i mean that's all i got for you in mlb because again i haven't watched any games as of yet but i'm saying you know right now it's so early that even if I watched opening day and was like, oh, this team was great, that team could be in the garbage can by now. So, again, you know, for those of you who are invested in baseball, please stay invested in baseball as far as from day one to day 162 or game one to game 162 because, you know, I really need your your thoughts and your analysis. I'm not going to even bother until this thing is getting close. Man, not close to the end, but kind of like I said, after the All-Star break round, August is when the things, July, August, when it starts to really, you know, heat up because at that point, most teams, I mean, some teams are so bad, they're going to be out of playoff contention by, by June. Okay. Then there's everybody else and everybody else is fighting for a spot. Then you start to see how this thing kind of delineates out. And frankly, I would love to see, and I may have talked about this before, I would love to see them just say, okay, at a certain point, okay, these several teams, you're trash. You just go play each other for the rest of the season. The rest of these teams, you keep playing, what you, you keep doing what you're doing. And when it's all said and done, you guys are going to the playoffs and you'll just, you know, have your positions based on the games you won, et cetera, et cetera, because, I mean, you know, if a team is like 20 games out of first place, okay, unless they hit some miraculous win streak, who cares? Nobody wants to see. I mean, even the teams that are that bad, there are very few fans in their town who are actually going to those games. I mean, fans are going, but it's not going to be that many because they just know that there's no not going to be any playoff baseball. And sure, Plenty of good seats still available, although we are in the middle of COVID. And they can, you know, drink a lot of beer and scream at the at the field because no one else is there. Um, so the other big event for the week, um, tomorrow, race 12 at Churchill Downs is the 147th Kentucky Derby, the run for the Roses. Post time is at 657 tomorrow night um at last check we have a 20 horse field i'm sure there will be scratches either today or tomorrow um so essential quality is the current favorite at two to one i'm sure those numbers will change by post time um essential quality is running out of post 14 um rock your world is at five to one out of 15 posts the number one horse known agenda is at the number one number one post at six to one now a 
Force has not finished from the top three in the top three from the number one post since 1986. It was Ferdinand. So Known Agenda has a pretty good chance to finish top three from number one post. Um, so that ought to be fun. I'm, I'm always excited for the beginning of horse racing season. Although horse racing season has been on for a while. Um, but um, this is when it all comes together. The first of the Triple Crown races. So Kentucky Derby, uh, two weeks. In two weeks, we'll be in Baltimore at Pimlico for the uh, for, for the Preakness. Um, so the run for the Black Eyed Susans. Um, but we are again in a situation where we are making history again at the Kentucky Derby. So for the first time since 2013, we have a black jockey in the race. Um, his name is Kendrick Carmouche. Um, he'll be riding uh, a horse named Bourbonic from the 20 post. That horse is a 72 to 1 favorite. So if you're better and you really think you know some things about this horse, because this horse won the, the Wonderwood Memorial at a 72 to 1, uh, 72 to 1 won Wonderwood Memorial back uh, about a month ago. Um, so this young man is a Louisiana native. His father is a jockey. Um, he's won about 3,400 races and $118 million in winnings. Um, if you know your history, the first uh, Kentucky Derby back in 1875, there were 15 horses and 13 of those horses were ridden by black jockeys. So black jockeys dominated the sport for many, many years, but over time they were pushed out of the sport, marginalized, and so now there are but a handful of black jockeys in the sport. So since 2000, only four black jockeys have ridden in the Kentucky Derby. So regardless of you know, you know what happens tomorrow, first of all, I'm hoping the horse doesn't get scratched, but it sounds like a good horse. If you win the Wood Memorial, not saying that you should bet on the 72 to one shot, but if you're feeling a little froggy, why not? What, what could it hurt? You know, you bet a little bit because I don't understand all the math on one place show, like how to win your money in a horse race. But I will say this, you don't have to bet a lot. You know, if, you know, many of us can't go into a betting parlor or, or go online, but you know, let me bet 10,000 on this horse. Not all of us can do that. I definitely cannot. But even if you bet 10, 15, $20 and that the right horse hits, you're sitting a little bit of cash. That's all I'm going to say. It doesn't take a lot if you bet on the right horse. A two to one, a two to one horse, uh, two to one favorite horse isn't going to get you a lot. So those are the horses you have to bet more money on. So maybe if you're, you know, if you're not a baller, because I don't know what the uh, what the income range is on my listeners, <laughs> but I don't think many of you. I mean, again, you can tell me if this is true. I don't think many of you can bet $10,000 on a horse or anything for that matter. But a two to one horse, you know, if you can bet a hundred bucks, that may be your better return. But yet for a two to one horse, like I said, you're going to have to bet a little bit, of, a lot of cash to get some return. And again, for most of us, that's not possible and it doesn't make sense. Um, but like I said, for this young man, I wish him all the best. Um, it is something that is of note in history that, you know, we've, you know, seen black jockeys that were dominant in the sport. And of course they're marginalized and pushed out. And of course, you know, we know and understand why, and it's unfortunate, but it would be great to see, um, black jockeys back in 
roots back in horse racing uh, more so uh, more so that more so and more numbers as we did in the past um, kind of uh, on another uh, note here uh, the Indianapolis 500 will run at the end of the month um, they are planning to have about 40% capacity uh, for the race so it's about 135,000 fans so if that happens that will be the largest sports gathering since the start of the pandemic so here are the numbers pre-pandemic at any time on race day so on race day at any time there are roughly about 400,000 people on the grounds of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway that's a lot of people um 40 percent 135,000 people that's a lot of people um again you're hoping that people are doing the right thing they're getting vaccinated they're wearing their masks still even after getting vaccinated but I'm not going to feel confident that both are being done. I'm going to be a little little squeamish to think one of them is being done. So, I mean, you know, what do you say to that? And not a whole lot because, again, um, it's a red state, blue state thing. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. I will come back. We'll talk uh, college, women's college basketball. So the big news from from the week what happened to LSU. So the event I talked about in the last show finally happened and it all kind of fell into place within about a couple of days. And then we'll talk about the Olympics. So uh, the IOC um, with an interesting uh, policy uh, shift or not policy shift, an interesting policy that remains in place. Stay tuned. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. You also can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, everybody. Welcome back. So, uh, last show I talked at the end about the reported resignation of women's head basketball coach at LSU, Nikki Fargus. So, uh, it happened, uh, at the, uh, so Monday was the announcement of the new head coach, uh, Kim Mulkey. So the res her resignation was official over the weekend. Um, so she was once Nikki Fargus was 177 to 129 in 10 years at LSU, six NCAA tournaments, 521 seasons. So all this time, the report was that she had resigned to be to and she was in negotiation with the Las Vegas Aces to become their team president. She has resigned. Nothing. Nothing's official yet. I still do not see anything about her being named uh, team president. However, uh, and, and kind of quick in WNBA, other WNBA news, Jen Rosati, the former George Washington head coach, is now uh, the team president for the Connecticut Sun. Um, she's also working with Dawn Staley, USA Basketball. So she told them that, you know, she will balance out her time appropriately to ensure that she is, you know, doing her job there as well as working uh, as an assistant coach with Dawn Staley for USA Basketball. So, as I mentioned, the talk was with Nikki Fargus at the time reportedly resigning. The talk was Kim Mulkey, and she left the door wide open about returning home to, to Louisiana. 
And not long after it was announced that Vargas resigned, Kim Mulkey made the decision. She leaves Baylor to go back to Louisiana to coach Louisiana State, uh, Louisiana State University, LSU. <laughs> um, so as we know, Kim Mulkey, she's a three-time national championship winner at Baylor in 21 seasons. So prior to 2000, prior to her arrival at Baylor, the team never went to the NCAA tournament. So the, the program has an 86% win percentage or had a win percentage of 86% under her watch. Um, she goes to the Hall of Fame actually next month. So Michael Jordan will be her presenter into the Hall of Fame. Um, now LSU, as I also mentioned, has pedigree. They've been to five Final Fours, five straight. Um, since 2011, not so not so much. They have not been past the Sweet 16 since 2011. Last season was not a great season. Uh, they went 9-13. and 13. Um, And I think I might have reversed my numbers. I said I have 16-8 and eight in the SEC. That must be 8-16. and 16. I don't know what, that happened, what happened there. Anyway, um, three of their top six scorers are coming back. So Kayla Painter being their primary top scorer. Plus, what will the transfer portal bring? Because, again, the transfer portal is still active right now. A lot of players have made moves here and there. Um, so now you have to see, you know, with the talent they have coming back, with potentially some transfers, you know, what will this team look like? Um, can Kim Mulkey push them, you know, to the next level? Um, and, and it's definitely going to make the SEC much more competitive. So that's kind of the big piece. The SEC just gets ramped up a notch with her. I mean, she's, you know, uh, you know, very intense. Um, her teams have her, you know, her pulse, her intensity. Um, she's like that as a player. Um, you know, she says some stuff that's been a little controversial. So, I mean, you know, we, you cannot uh, deny that much. But nevertheless, um, they are banking on her um, getting LSU back into the national conversation. Um, now, it's, it's, it bears to mention that on the same day that LSU announced her as their new women's head basketball coach, uh, federal, a federal lawsuit was filed against the university for uh, some uh, Title IX violations. Um, so I haven't had a chance to really, really read through the lawsuit, but the basic idea was there were a number of people named in a lawsuit, uh, an associate, um, an associate athletic director, uh, some folks associated with the football program, tennis coaches. So there's a whole list of um, allegations that were not addressed. Um, so then I think this kind of touches on the less mile situation in Kansas. So how I mentioned that, you know, um, there was a report that came out. Les Miles was implicated in some uh, inappropriate activity with uh, alleged inappropriate activity with a student. Um, also, former athletic director Joe Oliva is named in this lawsuit. So um, on a day in which they were celebrating, you know, uh, a new head coach, uh, the possibility of, you know, getting this program back, you know, kind of in the national conversation. Uh, LSU has some serious, serious issues that they have to deal with. And, um, you know, it bears mentioning because, again, this is going to be a big story for a while. Um, before I go, last piece here, um, the IOC, so the International Olympic Committee, upheld its protest ban. So they did a poll 
majority of the competitors favored keeping the ban in place. So the poll had about 3,500 people who took the poll. That's about 70% of them uh, favored the continued protest ban. Um, also, it bears to mention that 67% disapproved podium demonstrations. Um, the U.S. Uh, Olympic and Paralympic Committee allows athletes to wear Black Lives Matter apparel. Um, the IOC guidance is much more limited. So essentially, this rule and this IOC guidance upholds Rule 50 of the Olympic Charter. So I think the basic idea of Rule 50 is that um, I guess it goes to uh, the Olympics are supposed to be, I guess, unifying and showing signs of protest i guess in their eyes you know breaks up the unity of the olympics and so on and so forth i find that to be a slightly mixed message because there was another article that i saw briefly that talked about how the the ioc wanted to or is engaged in a campaign to raise the uh the awareness of lgbtq um, um, issues and um, but yet you're not for protests or you're not for things that will you know advance other um, you know uh, advance the oh wake up brain <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to say I feel like they're saying two things essentially um I don't know how I feel about this. I, I you know, I, I really feel like on that stage, the Olympic stage, I think there is no other stage in which you can bring light to very specific issues. I think that's very important. Um, I am glad that the U.S. Olympic Committee, I'm sure there are some people, people who don't feel very good about that. The U.S. Olympic Committee um, is, you know, for the wearing of BLM apparel and, and such. Um, but the IOC, you know, disapproves of it. So, I mean, there's no bigger stage in which you can bring light to issues. But to say that, and again, I'm all for, just want to make that clear, I am all for um, awareness of LGBTQ issues. I'm all for that. I just want that to be said. But to say that, but then to say, well, but we still don't want protest i think you kind of need to clean it up a little bit i think you just kind of need to say that we want to bring awareness to all issues of you know all groups to have their issues brought to the forefront um how you do that still remains the issue in my mind um but again you know we we all know what happened in 68 at, at, in mexico city and you know um uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, they were essentially, uh, I believe they were like banned from uh, the IOC, they banned from the Olympics and, you know, there was a whole lot of controversy um, with that for, on the IOC side, but those are the types of um, you know, that picture hangs in my office. Um, those are the types of protests that I think are necessary and more so now because, again, there needs to be more awareness and once there's more awareness and not just so much for those who are perpetrators of these crimes against um, oppressed groups, but it brings more awareness amongst those who compete 
with athletes and it gets them to thinking more about what they can do and to potentially be allies and to step up and to be brave and to speak out. All right. Well, I said that would be a short show because lately it's been 50 minutes. That's about 30 plus minutes. So I appreciate you listening. Um, hope you're going to have a hope you have a great weekend. It's early. I, I'm, I'm doing an early morning recording and <laughs> it's always not without bloopers, bleeps and uh, ESPN going off in the background. But I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much. Uh, you know where to find me. Instagram, Twitter. I think I'm going to put up a um, I think I'm going to put up a poll in a little bit. I had an idea for a poll. I need to remember it and write it down and put it up in a little bit once I post a show. But uh, you know where to find me. It's Uncle Dub, I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Um, enjoy the weekend. Um, hope to talk to you guys next week. Um, sports is slowing down a little bit, so we'll see what happens. Um, try to catch up with you. I, I know I got some more recordings to do, but I'll be at you soon. So until then, the weather's getting hot. You know what I say, drink your water, get vaccinated. And now it's getting hot, drink your water and mind your damn business and go about your day. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sportswagonpod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.